Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Patrick Hutchinson, AMIC uh, CEO, joins us this morning. And th- we've talked about it uh, for many weeks, just the way this cattle industry is going. Yes, the processors are making money, but would they like to kill more cattle? Of course they would. And does that, would that obviously take the back up and the, the load that is around and obviously the delays that are happening in the processing world? A hundred percent. But it's more than just that. Patrick, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, we're in really weird times. I mean, 12 months ago when we're talking, we've never seen it brighter for the grazier and the processes were bleeding. They were bleeding and bleeding. Now the shoe's on the other foot and there's got to be a happy medium somewhere. I don't know how it gets back to where it is. I think seasonal, but there's obviously a worker shortage as well in, in Australia at this present moment. G'day, Dobbo. Uh, thanks for having me once again. Uh, it's always a, a pleasure. Um, and look, yes, uh, the the real cyclical nature of our industry and the uh, the ebbs and flows has been going on since uh, the first fleet took their first steps and first cattle off at the uh, at the domain. So, I think what we've got to realise here is that we've had many and varied opportunities to be preparing and and, and looking for these things. But let, let's let's make sure and we understand that uh, certainly Amic was saying to you 12 months ago, six months ago, two years ago, that this was coming, that this was going to be happening. And we knew that we were going to face this, this war. We talked about not having enough workers. We talked about those sort of capacity issues. But, you know, I don't think anyone would have prepared ourselves for quite the vertical uh, drop. But I think it's also in comparison to the fact that we hit world record prices and went further and further than we ever have in history. But I don't think anyone prepared us to getting go below the 50-year average on a number of indexes. So, look, it is it is exceptionally uh, interesting times. And processes are bringing back uh, uh, margin back into their business. There's no two ways about it. And I think that's just the way that, um, uh, that, that obviously, capitalism works. So, uh, you know, we're... We've got opportunities, don't get me wrong, um, but I think that there's some hard lessons to learn here as well and they're going to be learned quickly. The Job Skills Summit that took place uh, in September last year, um, everybody agreed that we needed more workers. Now, the Pacific scheme is the the scheme. The, The ag visa got scrapped under the Labor government and obviously... For whatever reason, that 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 was deemed, and governments are entitled now. But the Pacific scheme was to bring forty-two thousand workers to this country. There's only been sixteen thousand come in. Those numbers are there for everybody to see. I looked them up last night. How do we get more workers into the country, or is this trying to create more jobs? I, I know that Dinmore have literally um, have opened a second shift this week, and that there's career opportunities for Ipswich school leavers and, and, and probably people around there for 500 jobs in Dinmore. But that takes time to get them trained up. Is there a way that we can get more overseas workers into the country or is that not the best way forward? Look, I think it's a combination of things, Gobbo, and, and we've been saying this uh, for probably the last four years now, is that the, the combination needs to be reviewed and the combination obviously needs to be be changed. We struggle to get uh, an increase in our domestic workforce, um, and that's from uh, Australian citizens and permanent residents, where they look at this uh, our industry and think, you know, is there something else I can be doing? You know, it's it, it can be hard work when you first start out. There are fantastic career opportunities, um, uh, and there are plenty of bosses of uh, uh, major meatworks who started on the slaughter floor. So, I think you know we we, we continue to keep promoting that. 
But <clears throat> in regard to the Palm Scheme, uh, the bulk of the workers that have come out, and I think your numbers are, uh, are, are pretty much correct, the, the numbers that you're talking about, I think, are the numbers that have, have gone into uh, the meat processing area as yep. well as others because sure. most of them have gone to horticulture. Now, that's, right. that's a seasonal that's a seasonal business, three months a year to pick watermelons and, and go back. And <clears throat> we certainly support and respect that uh, as part of the whole process. But we're after a permanent workforce. Now, we would probably be running now at between 80 to 85% capacity now. So... I want everyone to all your listeners to be well aware that in running at that sort of capacity, can we get more people in and, and increase capacity? Yes, but are we going to be? You know, we've seen in more hit that, that double shift, and in more, you know, only a few years ago had to make some pretty big calls in its business to be able to reduce workforce because um, it wasn't able to meet those requirements, and it also wasn't able to to get the uh, uh, to get the workers that it needed. So. These ebbs and flows and this volatility always a combination that has to stop. But there's a lot of other things that are hit impacting price at the moment in uh, for cattle. So workers is certainly one of those things, but it's not the only thing. And we don't want to have yet another issue where we then try to get so many workers and then all of a sudden uh, we see a 2000 to 2022 issue where it rains again and everyone stops again. Yeah, and that's the big thing as well. Hard lessons to be learnt, and we're talking with Patrick Hudson from AMIC, and you talk about that. Where's middle ground? Is the lesson because the cost of production at this moment and the way the prices are, a lot of people are looking at it and going, well, it's seasonal, okay? So it's saying, well, because we've seen the dry times through Queensland and, and just the oversupply of cattle at the moment. But that's only part of it. Look, the, the fact is that it was unsustainable at that levels that it was. We talked about that. Abattoirs don't lose money for 10 years in a row and survive. It just, you know, all the, the market, the pot gets smaller. So where's, where is ground that there's skin in the game for both? Because at the moment it's, it's swayed again the other way. So where is the perfect, the perfect situation? Yeah, and I think that that's a, you know, that, that is just such a fantastic question. Uh, ben, because we, we have been looking at this, and I think industry has looked at this for a very, very, very long time. And um, the problem that we have is on, you know, is across the board within the market is both sides make large monies at certain times and then make them basically lose money at certain times and then say over a five-year average or a 10-year average, it all balances out. But we also know that input costs for both both sides of the coin are going up. They're not balancing out. So wages are going up. They're not balancing out. Transportation and logistics costs for both sides are going up, and they're not balancing out. So it's really something that we've got to try to really get a handle on because the key thing as well with all those costs that are going up, but um, income is uh, fluctuates greatly, is also the fact that um, uh, you know, we, we, we are also in a situation where it's also governed by climate. So if climate becomes a bit more unsettled, then in fact that makes obviously the volatility of the market even more unsettled. And we're also at a time at the moment, you know, from a historical perspective where there is a lot of meat that's been overseas. A lot of people have got a lot of expensive meat overseas from Australia still in bonded storage and inventory that they're punching yep. through. Yep. And I'm talking, you know, Japan and China are two big examples of that. 
But China's also continuing to buy and buy heavily um, uh, because as the market's getting cheaper, then that's the sort of product that they're, that they're looking for. And we're a cuts-based model. So we disassemble the whole. We sell all the parts. Some of the parts are really struggling to get out there, like uh, hides, uh, whilst other parts uh, have become more favourable, So, um, and, and, and such as um, grinding meat to America. So it's just these, you know, it's, it, we're not selling, you know, we're not disassembling and just selling to Australia and that's it, and we can manage the model there. We're trying to get and extract as much value as we possibly can all around the world. But when it's soft all around the world, it makes it vastly difficult, together with climate and together with... Uh, um, you know, having a workforce that we uh, are still are trying to, to to hit the capacity. Pat, can I just talk to you about this? And, and this is the area. Like, if we're seeing a cow at the moment, and, and let's just say I'm gonna, like, there are cows under a dollar, but let's just say they're worth a dollar fifty, right? A, a live weight at the moment. You know that that is a drop of seventy percent. You know, in twelve months, and you've seen it like, and and that's not trying to be scare tactic. At what point does there get some acknowledgement from government about this? Like, there's got to be, I mean, in any other industry, you know, any other industry at all, if that happens, you know, if you was in the metropolitan areas, like, these people are desperate now. Like, there is some real hardship coming, you know, off the back of drought, higher interest, cost of living, cost of production, and the price, like, if, if you if, if equivalent, I was speaking to one bloke today, he said it's equivalent... To seventy four, seventy five. When it, when you work out the cost of living, and and, and like they're the darkest days in this industry. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And I guess you know that intervention from government is always fraught and very, oh, I understand, and very difficult because um, you know the you know the, the, the same thing could have been said about an intervention a few years ago on the other side of that coin yeah. when they were at uh, yeah. at nine dollars, and, uh, and and I'm talking about cows almost yeah. being at nine dollars. I think you know this. Herein lies really the the, the, the the real context of the issue. Is I, I think normally you could see over a ten year average the ebbs and flows and fluctuations, but we saw a record up and now we've seen a record down. Like it has been vertical, and so you know, and, and that's probably one of the key components as well. Has been you know that that you know cockies have been out there being influenced by you know a lot of different individuals telling them you know breed 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 feed feed feed. Yeah, and now all of a sudden feed's gone. Those people aren't there. They're saying, "Oh well, if you're in a drought, make sure you look after them." Sure. Well, you know, these are the sorts of things as well that we've got to sort of look at because, as as I said at the start of uh, this uh, of this discussion, I've been almost a lone voice out there screaming from the rooftops for the last three years, saying, "Guys, the crunch is going to come, and when it comes, we've got to be prepared because." You know, neither side, and, and this is a very effective, efficient supply chain. It is very sustainable. It does, you know, we, we, we create a whole, we disassemble it, we sell all every single part, we waste nothing, and that because we waste nothing, margin is tried to be extracted across as many different small parts as you possibly can. Yep. And as such, you know, that, that should be seen by governments state and federal and should be looked upon to say, well, what can we effectively really do? Not in the hard times, okay? Because three years ago, we could have been sitting there and prices are going to say, you know what? We're going to shut. We're going to shut for six months. We're going to turn this thing off. We basically can't We can't do it. But they couldn't do that. You know, we've done too much with markets. We've done too much with feeding the nation and the world to all of them say, look, it's too expensive to actually turn the thing on. 
we can't do it because we knew cyclically that it would come back. Now, this is the thing, right? It's do we, it, this is a quandary. Do we sit there and say, right, um, we're going to have to make a market intervention and uh, to help this and, and to uh, underpin it? And we, sit, we saw what happened 30 years ago with the, you know, like floor prices in the wool industry. Sure. It basically, you know, almost never came back. Or <clears throat> do we say we recognise the cyclical nature of this industry and the way in which it works? And we need to now have smart people sitting around the table saying, how do we manage this into the future so that both sides of that coin, as I said, and let's not forget stock agents, transporters, sale-out operators, um, refrigerated warehouse and transportation on the other side, your independent local butcher who's, who's juggling with that price uh, as best as they can in order to ensure they keep things moving and maintaining. We've got to manage all of those people as well. And in that whole structure, we've got to then be saying, how can that go better? Do I have an answer for that today? Obviously not. But as I said, uh, and, and as I've been saying, uh, the cliff was coming. And as such, this is also unprecedented because whilst there is drought in certain areas, you're asking people, are you seeing poor stock? People are seeing poor stock sort of, now, but it's not like 2018-19 where we only saw poor stock and people were offloading because they had no feed left and it was that. People are preemptively getting rid of stock as well because they're being told El Nino is coming or, or El Nino will soon be here. But then we've just seen in the eastern states a dump of 50 to 70 mils in a number of different uh, cattle growing areas. It'll be interesting what happens with the, the market come, uh, come next week. So this is the sort of thing... I don't think that we accurately and adequately have mapped this system and this industry and this supply chain enough to start answering these questions so we continue to live in that volatility. I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for being with us. All right, mate. It's always a pleasure, and uh, and thanks to you and your listeners. Good on you. Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin on Rural Queensland Today.